This episode of Mission in 5 is brought to you by my new book, Table Life, An Invitation into Everyday Discipleship. Now, I firmly believe that sharing our tables with others is holy work. Table Life will guide readers through spiritual disciplines of eating together, listening, storytelling, scripture reading, and communion in the context of a community so that we can be shaped into people who recognize and celebrate the presence of Christ in every aspect of our lives. Simon Carey Holt is the pastor of Collins Street Baptist Church. He is a blogger and the author of Eating Heaven. He says, This gentle book puts the table back in the center of the church's life and ministry. In calling us back to the simple disciplines of table life, he reminds us that relationships with God and with one another are at the heart of our formation as the followers of Jesus. Table Life is available in print and e-reader versions from all your favorite distributors, including Amazon, Judson Press, Barnes & Noble, and Christian Books. To get a free chapter, visit my website, table-life.org, and use the sign-up form at the homepage. This is Caleb Cornelius with Camp Moses Merrill. A week at summer camp is the highlight of every kid's summer. At Camp Moses Merrill, your child can learn and grow while having tons of fun. Campers look forward to fun games and activities like capture the flag, swimming on a hot afternoon, and spending time with friends. Not only do campers have fun at camp, but they are also immersed in Bible-centered teaching and Christian community. Our mission is to use the amazing camp setting to share the gospel with every camper. We have sessions of camp for all ages, from our two-night jam camp for grades one through six to senior high camp for high schoolers. There is something for your kids at Camp Moses Merrill. Visit our website, campmerrill.com, for more information or to register. We hope to see you at camp this summer. Well, welcome to Mission in Five, the podcast, where we ask a handful of questions to ministry practitioners to learn more about who they are and where they see God moving in their community. I'm your host, Greg Mamula. And every week through my work with the American Baptist Churches in Nebraska and my ongoing writing projects, I get to partner with churches and ministry leaders. I'm always amazed at the many and varied ways that God works in our individual communities and when multiple churches come together for mission and ministry. So that's the purpose of this podcast, to share the many things that God is doing and to meet some of the people participating in God's mission in Nebraska, across the country, and around the world. My conversation today is with Taylor Shippey, new pastor of Gibbon Baptist Church. Taylor is in his first pastorate, but he exudes a deep wisdom beyond his age. We delve into the importance of stories and how God reveals himself through the narrative of scripture, as well as the narrative of our lives. We also discuss ministry in a post-COVID world. I hope you are as encouraged by our conversation as I am. Here's Taylor Shippey, pastor of Gibbon Baptist Church. Thanks for coming on the show today, Taylor. Uh, I'm truly honored to be here and uh, honored to be selected. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem, man. Our format is easy enough. We're going to ask five simple questions to ministry practitioners like yourself to learn more about who you are and where you see God moving into your community. So let's just kind of start. Taylor, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, my name is Taylor Shippey, and uh, I've recently been called to be the pastor here at Gibbon Baptist Church here in Gibbon, Nebraska. But a little bit more about myself, um, I was born and raised near Kansas City, Missouri for the bulk of my life, and I've been in and around the church since as long as I can remember. And so I got saved and had my conversion experience when I was in the third grade, and I was uh, shortly baptized thereafter in the presence of family and loved ones at that little small rural Baptist church where we attended. But okay. I felt called to ministry when I got into to ninth grade. Um, I was attending a, 
uh, a Bible uh, uh, Christian school uh, since the fifth grade. And so I developed a friendship with one of the Bible teachers at my Christian high school, and he ran an organization over the summers uh, called Splat, which took teens on mystery road trips uh, across the United States. And wow. so uh, while the parents and the leaders knew about the itinerary of the trips, uh, myself and the, the, the students on the trips who signed up, we, we, we signed up without knowing uh, what we were doing or where we were going. Wow. Did you ever have kind a of part of the trip? Did you ever have a clue as to where you were going because your parents said, you need to pack hiking <laughs> boots or you need shark repellent? <laughs> well, you know, uh, he actually uh, wouldn't tell the parents until, you know, moments before we actually, like, arrived. So, like, um, the parents kind of find found out, like, you know, instantly after they left, they were sent the email of the itinerary. So, oh my gosh. they were just about as blind about it. I mean, blind about it as we were, which was kind of part of the fun. And so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I was on this trip, and uh, I, you know, I'm a, I'm pretty young. I'm a freshman in high school, and so uh, I was a bit nervous going on the trip, but I was really excited because I knew him and my friends were going. But we we took a trip out to uh, Indiana. And uh, we were staying in this little uh, rural uh, Quaker church on in Indiana, and uh, we were given different tasks or challenges on this trip that we were supposed to partake in. And so one of the challenges that we got was that we were going to run the church service for this little church okay. uh, the next day. And so we were uh, different tasks needed to be taken, and so one of them was preaching. And so I decided to throw my, my hat into the ring to be selected to be preaching, um, and uh, I was picked. Wow. And uh, so— um, you know, the next morning, and in front of about you know about a hundred or so strangers and my peers, I preached my first sermon, and uh, I can remember as I was descending the platform, I just felt the Holy Holy Spirit whisper to me, "I want you to be a shepherd." Wow! And that's when I felt my call to ministry, and so, um, I you know after that moment, I was affirmed by by my Bible teacher, who who's now a lifelong mentor of mine, mm-hmm. many other people on the trip and in that room in that congregation. And then, you know, friends, family, and my church family, when I got back home, just affirmed that in me. And, and so I've been pursuing that uh, ever since, just to be, uh, become, a, become a shepherd of God's church. Yeah, and that's probably the most Baptist way of explaining a call to ministry, uh, because you feel called, right? Of course, that's mm-hmm. pr- number one. But having that calling affirmed by others is a key Baptist yeah. principle for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So— you're called to ministry. Um, you're, you're thinking about ways of, of what does that mean? How do I pursue that calling? So, so how do we get here? How do we go from this crazy cool mission trip to a Quaker church uh, in high school to being the pastor of Given Baptist Church? Yeah. So, like I said, you know, once I felt called to ministry, uh, that just um, that became my full focus in life. Is that everything I wanted to do was going to lead to the moment that I become a pastor somewhere. And so for me, that journey, you know, I, I graduated high school and I knew that I wanted to continue to pursue uh, theological education, Bible education, and um, higher ed. And so uh, I decided to go to a place called Indiana Wesleyan University, mm-hmm. where I was there for four years and I uh, was pursuing two degrees. I was uh, studying to do Christian ministries and church music. And so uh, it was a great time to be there, uh, very formative years for me. Um, and just growing and uh, made a lot of memories and great connections there. But while I have a great appreciation for my Wesleyan brothers and sisters, I remained a, I remained a Baptist. And so I wanted to still be in the Baptist tradition. And so um, I knew if I wanted to be a Baptist pastor, that it would probably be great to go to a Baptist seminary. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the theology professors there just really encouraged me 
and uh, point out this um, fairly new seminary on the horizon. Yeah. It was a place called George W. Troop Theological Seminary. It was on the campus of Baylor University in Waco, Texas. And uh, he told me, he, uh, I'll, still remember, I'll never forget this, he told me, he said, um, Truett Seminary was where all the, what he called, quote, real Baptists were. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Amen. <laughs> so I knew I had to go check it out. Yeah. I actually, I went down there to check it out, to rule it out, because I didn't really want to move to Texas. I just, I, I lived in Indiana, and that was a long ways away from home, and and Texas was even further away, away from home. And so, yeah. um, but I went down there, um, met the faculty and the staff and uh, some students down there and just fell in love with the place. And I just knew that that's where God wanted me to pursue my Master's of Divinity. And that's where I've been after the last three years. Okay. And, um, and so now we're kind of towards the end of that trail. And uh, so now that get, kind of gets us up here to, to Gibbon. Um, so for probably the past year, uh, now that I've been getting close to the end of my time at seminary, I began the, the search process uh, and discerning where God was leading me to be, um, you know, uh, myself and several other loved ones began praying for God to lay on my heart the right opportunity for me, whether that was back in Missouri near home or, or maybe somewhere else. And so I actually began uh, networking with people, and that led me to the American Baptist Church of Nebraska with Robin Stoops and you all just uh, asking, um, uh, you know, churches in your area. And I think it was back in May of 2020, uh, whenever I, I first met you, and yeah. uh, you were part of that conversation that introduced me to Gibbon Baptist. Yeah. Well, very so, good. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, it's kind of a funny story now. Um, I can, I, you can tell me if you want me to elaborate on this or not. Yeah. Uh, how I actually got to Gibbon is because I, I tell people here that I'm the pastor, despite the fact that the church told me no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's amazing how uh, how that process works for a church, how they go through discernment. And and I think, um, you know, when they go into the event of, of choosing a candidate for, for pastor and they get the resumes and the names and they think, okay, this is our timeline. We're going to do this in so many weeks or months or whatever. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so when some of the candidates' timelines don't overlap, kind of like yours did not originally, um, because you were not going to be available until the end of 2020, right, and and right. and they were looking for somebody to come sooner. They did their due diligence. They did good work. I've always mm-hmm. been very proud of the search committee at Gibbon Baptist Church, um, and and so originally, yeah, they did, didn't they? They they eliminated you as a potential candidate yeah. <laughs> um, because you weren't available uh, on their timeline originally. Right. Um, they went through uh, further discernment and prayer and discovered. Um, well, maybe we need to come back to this person and and revisit Taylor, and they did, and 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 then the timelines overlapped because enough time had right. taken place, and everything worked out by the grace of God. So that's kind of a a cool way when when search committees work that way. Well, and it's it's kind of an inside joke with us now. You know, me and the search team we laugh about it now, but it was kind of that moment of saying you know we're on god's schedule yeah. we're on god's timing it's not our timeline it's not maybe whenever you know both myself and them would wanted it to happen you know they've been searching for a long time at that point and yeah. i was a super eager to just begin starting ministry but mm-hmm. um like you were saying timelines just not overlap but it was god's it was god's timing for us to to uh to uh call me up and uh you know uh I started talking with them more seriously in October of 2020, and then by November, December, I was up here. So, yeah, very um, good. It, yeah. 
that's cool. I mean, I just, I think it's a great story. And, and again, I congratulate you for, um, you know, not completely walking away from Gibbon, you know, when the timelines didn't overlap <laughs> well, and, and, and vice versa, you know, the, <laughs> right, the church didn't right. give up on you as a candidate. And so again, you guys have all been really good examples of, of listening to the spirit and, and going where it leads. Yeah. Um, and, and being patient. Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of it as well. So tell us a little bit about, uh, we've got your timeline, we've got your story, you got your call to ministry. What, what are some of your ha- hobbies, uh, passions, interests, you know, what are the things that move you? Yeah, yeah. For me, um, a lot of my hobbies really revolve around my passion for stories. Um, I love stories. I, I'm, most of it, just, you know, whether it's taking in stories, hearing stories, or even experiencing stories, I just love stories. And so yeah. whether that's God's stories or the stories of others, or even looking at my own story, I'm fascinated by the storiedness of God, if I can use that language, yeah. or the storiedness of people. Mm. And, um, and I, cause I think throughout scripture, we get, that's the primary means that God communicates to us more about his character right. and his identity along with his plan for salvation. And so I just, I love that. And, um, well, let's talk I, about I that a that, little bit then. Yeah. Um, that's been a big revelation for me over the last, let's let's say, fifteen years since I've been in ministry in Nebraska, and um, reading scripture as a narrative, mm-hmm. less than a doctrinal treatise of do's and don'ts sure. and things, has been uh, really deepened my faith and uh, really helped me understand it. I'm also a huge lover of stories. Um, in fact, my my new book, Table Life, I have a whole chapter on storytelling. It's it's just so mm-hmm. so important. And then a good story isn't worth anything if you don't have anybody to listen to it. And so um, there's that reciprocity of telling a story and listening to a story and engaging. So, yeah, that's cool, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I just – and it, it's one thing, you know, to be hearing stories as well. I've been influenced by many people of the um, the power of testimony as yeah. a means of grace for us that forms us. Not only do we experience stories, but the ability for us to comprehend that we are in a story, but then also share it with somebody else or a group of people. And it's that entire process of recognizing it, seeing God in our story, seeing what he's doing to form us and shape us. But then we also need to share it. Yeah. And that, so it, 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 that whole entire process, I believe is such a means of grace that God uses to shape us. And so I've just been some. I've just been fascinated by it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm a firm believer. I, I I use the expression bearing witness. You know, if mm-hmm. if we're, I don't testimony always seems like the remember the old Sunday night churches and people would stand up and say, <laughs> "Who's got a yeah. testimony?" You know, and uh, <laughs> that old guy gave the same testimony every single Sunday about how he became a Christian <laughs> in high school. You know, and it's like, man, sure. you're. You're you're 65. What have you been doing the last 40 years? You know, t- mm-hmm. tell me those stories. Where where's God active in your life today? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And so, I love that. I love bearing witness and and encouraging people to say, you know, where where did I see God move this week in my life? And um, w- or or even sometimes just being really honest with, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Like, help me mm-hmm. learn to pay attention to this more. Help me to see where God mm-hmm. is active more. And mm-hmm. coming to the community called the church, because much like being called to ministry and being affirmed by others, sometimes it takes others saying, this is where we see God working in you. Um, do you also see it? And that's part of that storytelling, listening, calling, you know, everything 
merging together. Yeah, and I, I just think, you know, stories, they're not even, you know, related to our lives or even to the Bible help us still understand more who God is. And so for me, you know, we see in Scripture that, you know, even the Apostle Paul uses analogies a lot, or he yeah. uses metaphors, or we even see Jesus uses parables to mm-hmm. teach all the time. And I still think that that principle remains the same today. And so for me, you'll find me being a connoisseur of films, of television, of, you know, uh, books, novels, whether fiction or nonfiction, because I think when we dive into the realm of the, the stories that are being told today, whether they're modern stories or the stories that have just lasted, you know, that have become classics, right? I think they can give us a window sometimes to understand what God is doing, because because I think people just are so attached by stories, they grab people's attention, and so for me, yeah. especially when I'm preaching, is I just think people are so um, in tuned to the narratives that we that we maybe. Implicitly recognize, right? And I think I think God uses them as vehicles, as instruments to help yeah. us better understand Him. And so, while we have you know Scripture, we have that corpus as you know the main story that we re- we resonate. Um, I just think there's uh, we have so many tools to, at our expense as uh, preachers and teachers yeah. of the Word to help people and communicate that so people can understand it. And so for me, any way that I can just keep grabbing stories, um, I that's that's for me. And whether that's you know written stories and like I said, or just listening to. Uh, the people here at Given Baptist, which I'm really excited to be here and just continue to hear more stories. So just off the top of your head, what's a, what's a story or two that's grabbed your attention lately and just revealed the divine? Yeah, yeah. So um, I met here, it was probably within the first week, I met a man named Dave Johnson, and uh, and uh, just meeting him was such captivating. Um, Dave wouldn't mind me telling you this. Uh, he's very, very proud of his... Um, his, what God is doing in his life, despite um, he's blind, so he's, mm. he's he can't see. And um, right now, he's been in and out of the hospital a couple times just because he's had some uh, spouts with some infection that are going on in himself, and uh, they're trying to plan a surgery. Anyway, despite all that, you would think someone like that who has suffered greatly, uh, you know, from his you know his non ability to see and being in and out of the hospital, you would expect someone to be maybe. You know, resentful or sorrowful or mm-hmm. some combination of that. Right. But when I stepped into Dave's uh, apartment and I met him for the first time, I've never met someone more joyful. Wow. He just exuded joy. He exuded bliss and yeah. happiness and contentment. Um, and for someone of you know, like I said, with his uh, with his handicap, his his uh, his heart to serve people. He wanted to serve. He was part of the. Nebraska Visually Impaired Society and helping with their groups. He was helping here at the Iwana here, running other organizations here in the town. I mean, he was a busy guy. And unfortunately, COVID kind of shut down a lot of what he was doing. Mm -hmm. But for him to just be so eager to be used by God to do things. And and I told him, I mean, it just resonated with my heart. Just that I, I could just, it was a blessing to me to hear him testify to what God has been doing through him. And the people he's been able to meet because of what has happened to him. So he'll be in and out of the hospital. He'll talk about the people he's met, the nurses that have attended to him. And he just shares his, his story with them. And, you know, it's it was just such an incredible story from a man that had such a heart for God. And for someone that you would think would be the exact opposite of how he was feeling. And so, um, if Dave, if you're listening to this, uh, I just... Uh, 
I, I talk about you all the time. Um, I hope that's okay. Um, I, I, I mentioned him in a sermon, and he thought that was pretty funny. That's good. Um, uh, so, but uh, I, I have his permission to talk about him. I did ask about. I did ask that after I when I get ready to leave, um, just because I just love to talk about him because yeah. he's just such a great guy. So. Very good. Well, what's happening at Gibbon Baptist Church? What are some of the things going on? I know you've only been there since December. Uh, at the time of this recording, it's only mid-January, so we haven't had a lot of time to. Um, maybe know everything about the ins and outs of the church and the community yet, but, um, you know, sometimes being the new person, you see things differently. So what's happening at Gibbon? Yeah, you know, right now, um, like every every other church, we're trying to kind of navigate this unordinary church life of the COVID-19 pandemic. And so um, while we're kind of navigating some new things here in 2021, um, we're just trying to, you know, make our church environment as safe as possible. But we're also, you know, excited for uh, what God has in store for us next. And uh, so we're, we're uh, you know, still doing our weekly church services here on Sunday, both in person and online. Um, we're kind of starting back up our Bible studies again. And we're still doing our a, uh, Awana Grab and Go with God initiative on Wednesday nights. And so, uh, you know, time only tell how yeah. long we have to continue with these different means of doing ministry. But uh, from what I can sense, uh, you know, and within the church, you know, I can just sense this momentum that's building this energy. Uh, for what God has in store for us in the coming future, and hopefully, hopefully in the near future, the uh, you know the day will break and uh, we'll be uh, <laughs> we'll 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 be able to uh, kind of operate uh, uh, as normal again. And so, yeah, I'm excited for what what's in store for that. Sure. So, um, what's tell me a little bit more about this grab and go ministry for uh, the Awanas program? What, what what do you mean by that? Yeah, so um, this was actually something that was started before I got here, um, and so I was introduced to it um, by the search committee, and then I experienced it firsthand last month. Uh, so the Awana co- uh, commanders here realized that they still wanted to do something for the kids that would come on Wednesday nights, and so while we can't meet in person for obvious safety reasons, uh, they make these uh, bags with activities and a Bible lesson, and they're throwing a treat uh, for the kids, and so parents are welcome to come by and uh, pick up these bags for uh, however many kids that are in the car. And all the activities and the lesson and everything, it can be done by the child without, uh, you know, the parent being involved if the, if the parent so chooses. So it's, you know, completely self-sufficient for the kids. And uh, they also have a one of leaders that will check in on the kids uh, periodically as well. So so we're trying to have a, a you know, kind of a, trying to have a WANA without, uh, without having the in-person gathering part of it. So it's been great to see, and the kids seem to really like it, and they're really into it, and the parents seem to think, We've gotten some great feedback from the parents, let me put it that way. So, yeah, very good. It's been going really good. So, 2020 clearly changed the way that the local church is going to be doing ministry, uh, obviously in the present, but this is going to have ramifications into the future. Um, what are some of the things that you see coming next for the local church, and, and what are some of the things that um, you and the Gibbon Baptist Church are uh, preparing for that? Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, you're right. You know, 2020, I think, opened a lot of churches' eyes to maybe different avenues of ministry that we may not have anticipated doing. Mm-hmm. And so one of those, I think, is engaging that digital space. It's something that I've been challenged to think about in the last, probably last semester. I took a great class at uh, Truth Seminary taught by uh, Dr. Angela Gurel. Mm-hmm. Um, and in her book, Always On, she talks about this, you know, the reality that the digital space is just as real as a physical space. Yeah. And so our digital selves are just as real as our physical self. 
and not trying to think that there's some sort of disconnect between the two. And I think here at Given Baptist, we're engaging that um, in a unique way. I, I tell the search committee that it was providential that they had the the equipment and resources that they do have right now that we can go on Facebook Live um, right now because they had that even before the pandemic began. And it was more providential that they thought ahead to have this service available. And so now we're realizing that how do we engage that space in our corporate worship time? Or how do we engage that space, um, you know, in a small group setting? And so I think trying to figure out how we can navigate and make an authentic Christian atmosphere in a digital space poses some great opportunities, but also some, you know, interesting, um, what's the right word to say, you know, maybe some threats. And so we're trying to navigate that ourselves here at Given Baptist and trying to figure out um, what we're going to do. And so uh, I've kind of been, uh, you know, kind of trying to figure out myself here. Uh, the first few Sundays that I've been here, um, while we do have some in-person people, I know there are people here at my church that I have not yet met, but that tune in online and, right. uh, and see us. And there are some people that have told me that they would come, but unfortunately just, you know, with the, with the mass mandates and stuff, they don't, you know, they're, they're not able to. And so, you know, trying to, how do we meet people through the digital means right? and, and uh, build those authentic relationships even before we have, you know, physical contact. And so I think a lot of churches are figuring that out now. And I think that's something that uh, I think a lot of churches are beginning to pioneer for the first time. And so we'll see, you know, once, you know, I'm curious to see once all the restrictions are lifted off, will churches keep these digital means or not? It'll be curious to see if they, you know, engage with it differently whenever the restrictions are lifted. I don't know. The only time will tell, but it'll be something curious to keep our eyes out for in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, uh, I also read, uh, always on and, uh, by Dr. Gorell, and I found it extremely helpful. But that that thought that, that that you just shared, that the digital space is not alternative; it's not other. It is in fact part of us. When churches go to create ministries and um, minister with people along the way, we have to treat that space as an actual space and not mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. a tangential or an addition to. Or like, well, that's fake church, and in person mm-hmm. is real church, but that's really real space for people. Well, well done. Um, how can we, as American Baptists, uh, partner and, and pray for you? Well, um, you know, right now our church is still, I think, going really well in terms of uh, me getting acclimated here. But just prayers for us that. Uh, I can still kind of get, you know, more settled into the community here and continue to get into some good rhythms. Um, we have people in our church that are, you know, uh, you know, just hurting with loved ones in and out of the hospital or in re- or rehabbing from surgeries and such. And so those people are pressing on our hearts. And we just think of those families. And uh, and uh, we've recently had a few people that have passed away as well. So yeah. just kind of dealing with some, you know, loss and grief there as well. So, but all in all, just praying that we can continue to get to know one another. Uh, it, it hurts my heart that uh, I can't, uh, you know, meet as many people as fast as I'd like to, or as efficiently as i like to. Um, a lot of my ideas for social gatherings, unfortunately, COVID kind of uh, shoots those in the foot, so I can't do those. But, um, but praying that we'll be able to be patient and waiting for that glorious day whenever we can uh, kind of get back to a sense of normalcy. So. Yeah. 
Oh, very good. Well, Taylor, thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you so much. No, I appreciate the, like I said, the opportunity and the privilege to be on here with you. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Well, thank you for downloading and streaming the latest episode of Mission in Five. Keep tuning in as we introduce you to the ministry practitioners engaging in God's mission through the local church in Nebraska and around our larger American Baptist community. Check out the show notes for contact information and links to our various guests. Subscribe to the podcast in whatever platform you like. Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play. We're in all the platforms. Whichever one you use, be sure to rate and review us so we know how you're enjoying the podcast. Send us ideas on who you'd like us to interview for future episodes. And feel free to support us through our abcnebraska.com PayPal link. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day.